Welcome to episode 105 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, Jeff Byers. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by Jeff Byers. Jeff, what would a podcast be without some technical difficulties, uh, a career riddled by by injury, a podcast without uh, the computers hating us? What's up, man? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Man, man. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Yeah, I, I apologize for the, the tech. And I think uh, for everybody who's listening, this is, I think, round four for yeah. us on this um, to get this thing right. We're just we're just having some some connection issues, but it's all good. Uh, it's all about what, what we say and and everything going forward. So people didn't hear what we said uh, the pa- the past couple of chances, but uh, give us the quick uh, the quick rundown, Jeff, of who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah. So uh, hey, Jeff Byers, um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company called Momentus. We're a, a high performance company that makes uh, some of the best supplements, sports nutrition compounds in the world. Uh, have some of the, uh, the best expert advisory panel. And really focus on how do we bring the best in class products alongside expert knowledge and advice. My background, uh, I was a professional athlete, played professional football uh, for four years, uh, mostly for the Carolina Panthers. Love the short shirt, by the way. Call out Daniel there for being on point. Um, and then uh, went to University of Southern California, was a two-time captain of that team. Uh, uh, played, uh, played and started as a true freshman on the national championship team. Pete Carroll was my coach. Um, and really like really passionate about high performance and life, uh, life optimization. And how do we really go about giving the right tools, the right products, the right knowledge so that we can all right. Uh, optimize a little bit more, whatever, whatever those goals are. Yeah. And we were talking about before in our, in our last try here, um, how the, the difference between optimization for regular people like you and I now versus optimization for an NFL or pro level athlete is very different. So do you want to just keep, continue to, to expand on that point? Yeah. One of the big reasons and, and why momentous, right. And, and why this space has been right, my experience in pro and elite sports. And what I saw that happened when you think about, you know, like optimization or performance. So, so in the NFL, right, you have a dietitian, you have a many strength coaches, you have many trainers, you have a whole medical staff, you have a high performance director, you have all these people around you, right, to give you the best latest guidance that is is tailored to you, not necessarily customized, but tailored. And so you're doing the right things at the right time, and everything's kind of working together. Um, whereas when you get to the right in the products that you that are used and the technology or the innovation, Right, is that that has I did not see that trickling truly down to the consumer, right? And what 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 happens in the consumer space is like you get information from here, from there, from here. You don't know who the best products are, right? You don't have a team vetting these things. And so my passion was how do we bring this approach that's happening at the very elite level? Probably right, same thing, right? The CEO of Starbucks is has a team around him to get this stuff right, right? But that costs a ton of money. So how do we think about bringing the expert knowledge in? create the best in class products that all these teams already use, share that, right. And create a brand around this. Like, how do we bring to life, life, like optimization. And for me, right. I'm, I don't care about my like competition or performance. I don't compete anymore. Right. Like, but I care about my life and optimizing. How do I, right. Stay sharper for longer cognitive performance, sleep, all of these things that are incredibly important to me for my longevity. And, and I think a lot of people out there are saying, okay, well, how do I perform just better in my in my life? And for us, like we want to create a company around uh, a mindset around optimization. Like you might be on day one of this journey to get better. You might be on, you know, you might be the hardest of hardcore, and you have a 
plunge, a sauna, right? Like you have everything you could ever need. Like you are dialed. And wherever that is, we want to be that partner that brings the best in class knowledge, the best experts and the best products to bear, right? And get people in them at the right times. Because at the end of the day, like if you're on day one of your journey, the first place to start is not a cold plunge, right? Like the first place to start is like thinking about some behaviors, mindset shifts, right? And things like that. And so maybe on day, you know, year four, a cold plunge, if you're like all in makes sense, but it's where are you at in your journey? And and we want to help be a part of that. And uh, yeah, anyways, that's, that's really what happens in the NFL or in elite sport. It wasn't trickling down. I didn't see that ability. Like, like the products we use in the NFL were not the same products that I see that you see on the shelves. Right. Um, but like they still take Omegas. Why do they take a different Omega? Right. Mm. Because there's a difference in quality. The consumer just has no clue. Right. Um, so no, it's, it's such a great point. And it's hard for people who are regular people, not uh, fitness professionals or health professionals in any way, or, or pro athletes. Why, how would you know what the difference is between what a pro athlete is doing that you see, you know, your favorite athlete on TV doing, doing ice baths and doing, taking all these supplements and doing all, using all these, you know, crazy recovery gadgets and all this stuff. And you think like, oh, I need that. And it's like, well, that athlete also has his food or her food, like perfectly made, like everything in their lifestyle is dialed. Like they're doing that stuff to get 1% better, 0.1% better than the competition. And, you know, you regular, regular Joe doing that thing not really moving the needle all that much if your sleep is garbage, you're drinking every day and you know all the other bad things that that people are doing. So yeah. it's a it's a really great point and you know that we have so much knowledge now almost to the point of of too much. You google what should I do for fitness or what diet should I should I follow and you're going to find infinite information but sifting through that information and having people to actually, you know, go through that information, tell you what's best for you is where the value of a coach comes in or where the value of all of the advisory team that a professional athlete would have. And so trying to bring that to the masses is a, is a, a monumental task, but definitely one that is, that is needed. You hinted at one thing there that I want to start to zero in on, and we don't have to spend too much time on this, but the, the, the concept of longevity, obviously very big topic, but as someone who was a professional football player, is is cognitive longevity something that you are very conscious of and that's something that you think about on a day-to-day basis? Obviously, there's a lot of you know head smashing in, in, in football, but is that something that you really think about a lot? Yeah. So I, you know, when when I go back to like, okay, if I if I was had a professional team around me, they would say, Okay, Jeff, what are your two biggest goals or fears or worries? Like, where are the two biggest pitfalls in my life? Cognitive performance, aka cognitive longevity. Um, I, I call like, you know, and connective tissue health. Right. Mm -hmm. So those are the two biggest blaring gaps in my, in my life. Right. And so what goes into when we think about long-term brain health, right. Quality of sleep, right. What types of nutrients are your brain getting? Are you giving it enough time to flush, right? Like morning sunlight, all of these things from a cognitive performance, right. How are we trying to create new paths for neurons to fire and and that is incredibly important to me. So if, if I would say the one thing that is most important to me in my life, right, is, is focusing on long-term brain health, right? And there's a lot of things that are little that lead to a big impact uh, in that. And, and it is the little things. And there's a ton of data and research behind it, uh, a, a lot of them. And right there are supplements, there's lifestyle changes, there's sleep, right? All of those. So, 
So for me, right, like if I was in the NFL, right, or, or if I was being treated like that, they'd be like, okay, long-term cognitive health, your number one thing. Let's build a plan around that, right? And then, it's, oh, connective tissue health. What are the things that you need to be doing? Who do you need to be following? Okay, let's pull from Dr. Kelly Starrett, right? Some things around connective tissue health. What can you be doing? Long-term cognitive health. Okay, well, like sleep. Let's break down your sleep problem. Do you have this problem? What do you think about sleep? Because we know during sleep, right, we flush, we flush the toxins out of our brain, lets our brain heal, um, right? The lymphatic system, but, uh, whatever, uh, right? Like it's very, very relevant. And so for me, so because of that, I focus on some very core things like in my life. And so for long-term cognitive health, there are two very, very well-studied uh, compounds, supplements, however you want to call them. The first one is creatine. Creatine and microdosing has, has shown in, in tens, 10 plus thousand clinical trials to be very impactful for your, for, for your brain health, right? Uh, and cognitive performance for that matter. Um, and so really, really critical, costs very little, creatine monohydrate is, is, is creatine monohydrate, right? It's a commodity essentially, but it's something super simple, but creatine has a very negative connotation in the world, right? When you think about creatine, me, right? Until I started getting to know neuroscientists is a bodybuilder, right? It's, it's what I took to bulk up, right? But creatine from a, from a small dosing perspective has very important contributions to your brain. Right. And the second, the second most important supplement in there in my mind is omega threes, really high percent of DHA, EPA. And, and really, right. Consumers don't know the difference between, right. A high quality omega versus a not. So DHA and EPA are the two most important things. Like clinical research has said a one to one ratio is the easiest on the body, but both DHA and EPA are incredibly important. And also, 10 plus thousand clinical trials on high doses of omegas impact brain health, right? To me, those are like two very simple things of like insurance policy, right? There's no, we know there are good clinical, re, clinical research and data around them. Can I tell the difference? No. From my brain health, I have no, I have no symptoms, right? Of, of brain health, but I will, right? I did something for a very long time in my life that is known to have brain health issues. So from my perspective, like that's my insurance policy. Then it's sleep. How do I think about sleep? How do I prepare myself to have high quality sleep? Because we know sleep is incredibly important for the brain. Um, so anyways, yeah, long tangent there, but really, really passionate about long-term brain health, but also doing the very little things um, to change, right? I, I was lucky enough to be on a panel with special operations command around brain health. And they're thinking like, how do we solve traumatic brain injury, like that's a 10 to 15 year problem, right? Like helmets, how to like measuring blast impacts and things like that. And that's, we have to solve that. But the problem is we have to take care of the people now. We can't forego a generation like, and also, mm. you know, this former vice admiral who ran SOCOM was like, we're never going to stop traumatic brain injury. It's not possible, of right? Course. Until, until we nobody's fighting wars or nobody's <laughs> blowing things up or until football doesn't exist, we're going to have traumatic brain injury. So it's not about, right. We need to better treat it when it happens and identify it and measure it. But we still have to do the little things to make it right. Right. Like, um, so I, I think that's an incredibly valuable thing. Like there are so many things that can, we can consider standard of care that have big, big impacts. And so, Yes, we still need to focus on like the big elephant in the room, but we can still be taking little bite sizes off this and create meaningful impacts based upon what clinical research says. 
um, down the road. Totally agreed. And and I think even to to bring that back to to the most amount of people, obviously most people are not playing football at a very high level and are not in the military. So they're not they're not succumbed to dramatic brain injury because they're not smashing their head against stuff and dealing with explosions, right? So it doesn't mean that you're not going to have you might not have brain injuries, but it doesn't mean you're not going to have cognitive decline. We're all going to age and we all slow down. Unfortunately, you know, it can get into a disease state, Alzheimer's or what have you, but even before that old people start to forget stuff and they start to just, you know, they're just not as sharp and those kind of things. And so how do we deal with that? That's something that none of us want to deal with. We'd like to be as sharp as we were when we were, you know, 20, 25, 30, whatever, until you're the end of your life. And so, of course, you know, the people who listen to the podcast will know, like I hammer the basics so often that it's probably annoying, like make sure you sleep, make sure you go outside, exercise, like all those things. And you should be doing all those things. And I'm, I'm even happy. So one of the, the, the people who you guys have a close partnership with is Dr. Andrew Huberman. And he did a podcast all about supplements and, and spoke about your, your company as well. And he qualified everything by like, you know, here are the things that you should be taking, but also don't forget to sleep. Don't forget to do all the simple things. But aside from yeah. all those things, there are things that can help us like the creatine and like um, omega-3s. These are just yeah. very basic things that pretty much anyone can be taking with little to no downside. Yeah. And, and a lot of those studies are in, right? Not in populations like mine, right? right? They're in populations around just like cognitive decay. Because again, what? If all most all of us will be lucky enough to get to the age where our brain starts to decay. Mm-hmm. And that is when we see the major decline in quality of life, right? And science is so good now that like they can fix all of our like right, everything below your head. I had a I had uh, a doc tell me this that really scared me about traumatic brain injury. Every, every below below the head is just carpentry, right? You fix that, <laughs> you fix it with hammer, hammers, nails, screwdrivers saws, et cetera now, yep. right? Everything up above, we don't know, right? Like yeah. it, it's it's computer science. It's really hard and it's really hard to fix. And we don't know how to rewire things yet. And so we, our brains are going to go before a lot of us now that is in our generation because we're so good at, fix, at, at carpentry, at orthopedic surgery um, and other things, right? Like we can fix so many things, but we don't know how to fix the brain. But we do know the brain and brain health. It's not a once you start having symptoms. Yeah, it's way. It's, not, it's you're very far down. Like it's a choice of lifestyle. That how do we make sure we have the, the longest ability to have a functioning brain? And and for me, that's what's so impactful. Like another year of right of not having t- cognitive decay is worth right. Every penny that I'll spend my entire life on creatine monohydrate, yeah, and it's, omegas, like right, yeah. It's it's hilarious that that doctor called it carpentry to you. I had a major knee surgery about eight uh, eight or so years ago, eight and a half years ago, and uh, I made the mistake of watching the surgery like on YouTube before it happened, and it, it is very much looks like just a construction site <laughs> with a lot of blood. So th- yeah. that is that is hilarious, but but but, but very true, and. I think you're correct in saying that the easiest way to stop cognitive decline is to not let it start in the first place. Of course, it's going to start, but how do we flatten that? I hate to use this term based on the past couple of years, but flatten that curve downwards of yeah. of uh, you know slowing the decline as much as possible. When it starts, it's already too late, and this is why it's yes. so important that 
no matter how young you are, it's you have to start taking care of your health and your fitness now, not when you're 60, not when you're 85, not when you're 45. Like it starts now so that you have so much more of a buffer room, so much more buffer room to be healthy for the longest amount of time. And it starts with doing all the basic things and then using whatever you can to help you. Of course, most people listening are not yeah. a professional athlete and you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to have a 0.1 per second, uh, 0.1 seconds shaved off your 40 time. Like that's not relevant to your life, but you do need to be able to, you know, play with your kids and to get up and have energy to do your job all day and like have fun on the weekends and do your thing. So you need to be able to just like live your life yeah. and do that. Yes. You were mentioning that some of the like the quality of the supplements are very different that are given or available to professional athletes versus what's available to the the, the rest of us. What yeah. is different about the quality and the, how does that actually work? I, I think potency is really, really important. So like I'll, I'll use omegas mm -hmm. uh, as an example of like, you can go buy omegas and it says omega-3 fi fish oil, <laughs> yeah. right? And it might have zero EPA or DHA mm. and EPA and DHA are the powerhouses in it that matter. Right. Or could have very, very little, right. Like I'll give the story of my dad. Um, right. My dad is a total life optimizer, right. He has a cold plunge and he, right. We make, we make omegas and he's like, I go to Costco because it's so much cheaper. Right. <laughs> and he's like, I get 160, you know, and I only get, I get, whatever, 60 or 90 servings in here. And it's a, th a third of the price. And I, I was like, okay, well, have you looked at what's in it? And you turn it over and it's like, you got to take six servings to equal one serving, yeah. right? In terms of, of what it is. And it's like, oh yeah, oil is oil. Like good, good on you that you're taking some extra fat in your diet, dad. But like, he, like th that's the difference of like, th there is no like, consumers don't know. Like they're like, hey, go get a fish oil. We know they're good. What matters is the amount, the amounts that are in it, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, if you just take one gram of protein after you work out, it's really not impactful. Um, but probably need to take 40. I'm a big dude. So like when you think about those types of things and, and the research, so there's no like standards, right? And what happens in pro and college sports is like, they know, okay, we need really, really high concentration or sometimes very low concentrations of, of things for the athletes. Now, hey, the difference between one and a half grams and 1.6 grams like is a rounding error. But the difference between 0.2 and 1.5 is not a rounding error, right? And I think that's what's really important. And then it becomes, how do we think about certification in the certification process? And very, very, very few, like few supplements are certified by the, the top high quality parties. And a lot of people say, hey, these are third parties certified. What does that actually mean? What is the rigor that goes through? And there's a reason why college and pro sports only recognize two third-party certifications, right? One of them is called NSF and the other one is called LGC and it goes by the name of informed sport and informed choice, right? Depending upon where you are in the world. And those are incredibly important, right? So for, for us as a company, we certify our products with those two groups. Um, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but what happens is it measures the actual amount of ingredients that are per serving. So example, like if we had our, our recovery protein blend and it was out of spec by a certain percent, it doesn't pass. It is flagged and we have to go through a process to, to get it right. You could, we could have had sodium that was off by 10% as an example in it. 
and it throws it off, right? And because the label is inaccurate, right? To to it, even though there's like overages and underages, right? Like you that can't happen. And then on top of that, so it's testing, verifying what, what is in it, but also in what percentages. So it flags if there's bad things in it, and it flags if the things that you're in are out of whack. Um, and then we test for banned substances. Um, and that's a very, very important one too. Obviously, like we're one of the top selling brands in pro and college sports. Um, we're lucky to sell into 200 and plus teams. Um, and we have to test everything for that on top of it. So the banned substance, like as, as an example for us, like when we fail, like we do fail banned substance because there's cross-contamination and things like that in raw ingredients, all those those things go in the dumpster. Right. And right. Those production lots don't exist. Um, and that's a very, very impactful thing that I don't think people realize, like if you don't test it, it can go on market. Right. Right. Uh, there's no regulatory body that is checking what is in those. Um, but there are two parties that two independent third parties that right? They test every single batch, every production run that comes off, right? You can look at, you can look them up online. It's incredibly impactful and powerful, but again, consumers don't know, know what that means or why it means it. Um, and it is like, it is incredibly impactful and it's part of what's made us special. And there are, you know, there are some really good brands that we sit side by side with that do the same thing. Um, and it's just for us, it's a non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah. To be to be working at the level or with the level of people that you're working with, it's it's a must. Well, one thing that you you mentioned there was about the the contamination, which I'm not sure if or how much of a fan of the UFC that you are, but there it's less now. But there was this, you know, for a couple of years there were all these athletes who were popping for drug tests and blaming it on contaminated supplements or uh, you know whatever whatever they called. It. And I think some yeah. of it was just a bit of a cop out. But do you think that some of it is actually legit just contamination they were doing their best to have the highest quality supplements and maybe those supplements were legitimately contaminated of course in like in your company that is much more rigid you would that yeah, contamination yeah. would get flagged and then get removed but in other companies they would they wouldn't remove it and they would still put it on the shelf right so is that it's like it's totally legit that the contaminated uh, to- supplements exist totally 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 legit right like the, the supplement industry right? is the wild west in the US, Yeah. right? And it's, it, it's right. Like you can have it and it could be right. Like you could have a product that is weighed on the same scale, right? Previously as a banned substance, right? Goes mm-hmm. in, right? If you don't certify, you never know, right? Like that's part of these things. When athletes test positive, it's because there's no certification process happening, right? In there. And they're like, oh, it's third-party tested, Right. But what does that mean? Like, oh, they just verified the ingredients that came in, right? That went in. But like cross contamination is very common, right? Because there's a lot of supplements that are not great for you or do have banned substances in them. Um, and if they're made in the same place at the same time, that's a challenge. That, that's a real, real thing. Um, and so, yes, I do think there are supplements uh, that are on the market that on the label and the manufacturer has no intent to have banned substances in them, but they get them in them, right? Because it could have been the raw ingredient, could have been the same truck as another raw ingredient, or like, you never know. Um, And that's why the certification process, it's an added step, but it's an important step. I would imagine Um, even just like the the logistics of 
the, the entire supply chain of your products, it, it would be near impossible to have all of it only yourself. I'm sure your, your products are like maybe packaged or shipped or in some, yeah. somewhere along the yeah. line, it comes into contact with, you know, wh- whoever else's products. And it would be yeah, impossible gotta- to have all of that only your own because that just would cost way too much money and just make the whole thing impossible. But but then, yeah. I mean, it's up to the athletes to obviously yeah. use better brands that are certified. And so there's that whole <laughs> argument as but, well. But, he, but but even athletes don't know, right? right? Or their buddy started a company and they're like, their buddy's like, oh, this is super clean, whatever, like, right? And, you know, it's like, oh, it's third-party tested, but like, is it banned substance tested? Is it, right? Like, so there's just a lot of confusion in right. it. Um, and then there are a lot of products that are just pumped full of banned substances because that's fine or bad things like, because they can't. Right. And like they're selling, like they're selling a product to get you jacked. And it's like, well, you know, works a little, the creatine that works a little bit too good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So I think that that's a real thing in our space. And it's a, it's a fight that we get to fight as a brand. Yeah. It is, it is sad. But I think that the takeaway for, for like, you know, most people is don't buy the cheapest supplements that you can find because you're unlikely to even be getting the thing that you think you're getting and at worst you're taking some sort of uh some sort of so you're taking something else it doesn't matter if you're taking you know like some minor you know picograms to use the, the John Jones yeah. reference but if you're taking picograms of some banned substance and you're not a pro athlete it doesn't matter it's not going to do anything to you but you're not getting the thing that you that you thought you were getting so it's best to look for you know higher quality supplements and of course it's a little bit more expensive, but you know you're actually getting the thing that you that you want. So I, I think a good extension of this is where would you start? We talked about the creatine, which is a pretty cheap uh, supplement, and omega three, yeah. which can be a little bit more expensive. It's not the cheapest product that's available. What are some other of the you know the, the starter pack sort of supplements that you that you would typically recommend? Yeah, I think it it right. It depends upon the person, right? And I think that's what's so like you don't. Uh, there are kind of what I would call the core essentials, right. That you would need, but like, you don't walk in like as a, as an NFL player, they're not like, Oh, here's your stuff. No, they're going to get to know you. Like, what are your challenge? What do you care? Like, like ask all of these things. Like, are you injury prone? Do you get sick a lot? Like, you know, do you have challenge challenges sleeping? And so I think it's really a, what are your goals and what are you trying to think? And I'll say the, and I'll channel, right. What I've heard from, from every, Right, neuroscientists from Huberman that I am very lucky to talk to is sleep is the cornerstone to anything when it comes to optimization. Right, from if you want to perform better in the gym, you want to be happier, you want to have more energy, it starts with sleep. And so, right, what are natural things that are non hormone, right, non melatonin, which is a hormone related sleep things? And so, Magnesium threonate is incredibly important. Apigenin, L-theanine, um, uh, um, oh my God, inositol, like all things, like some of those help you deregulate so that, right, so that you can fall asleep faster and easier, right? Like we live in a very stimulated environment. Um, and so how do you deregulate? How do you get to eat sleep faster? And then also just how do you have a higher quality of sleep, right? How do you not wake up or, right? And so I think those are very important things. So there's some really, really core, pretty inexpensive supplements that can help maximize your quality of sleep. And it's like, hey, sleep great, don't need it, right? Then it's like, mm-hmm. hey, are you trying to, are you an athlete? Are you injured? Are you, right? Do you really care about cognitive performance? And then you go from there. 
right? And like from an athlete perspective, like obviously protein is incredibly important, but also when we think about collagen for connective tissue health, like if you're an aging athlete and you're training, you're probably beating up your joints and ligaments and tendons and being proactive around collagen, which is what our body naturally uses to repair our soft tissue in our body from your hair, skin and nails to your, you know, ligaments, tendons, cartilage, uh, incredibly important. Um, and there's some really great research that have come out of a, f- a few different labs, but a guy named Keith Barr is the, is kind of one of the leaders. He's mm-hmm. out of UC Davis around con- collagen and contact- con- connective tissue health. Um, so, you know, I'd say there, but like, just kind of the base fundamentals of what everybody should be doing. I'll say omegas, they have in- incredible benefits, right? Creatine a hundred percent. And then I'd go to sleep. Right. Uh, and what, types of things like what challenges you having with sleep or you just like, I just want to sleep better because I know it's going to have an impact. And then you can start picking, well, if you train really hard, you should probably be taking a protein, some type of protein um, product. If you, you know, train really long, right? You're an endurance athlete. You probably have a carbohydrate with electrolyte mix, um, something right to give your body fuel during that, um, that time. And like, if you're an aging male or female, what are we thinking about? Right hormone support and what things are important for that. Um, and, and again, you can't start with it all. You got to start somewhere. And so I would say core basics, creatine omegas, like easy step, basic, et cetera. Right. And then start thinking like, what's really important. Is it hormone health? Is it sleep? Is it connective tissue health? Is it athletic performance and pick one and master it. But like also if you just do all the supplements and you do none of the behaviors, the supplements are very ineffective, mm-hmm. right? Like supplements, supplement, the word is to supplement your diet. Like it's compounds, right. That you typically can't get from other areas or at the right time or in the right amounts um, to do that. But no supplement replaces high quality lifestyle training, right. Doing things like seeing morning sunlight to reset your circadian rhythm is incredibly important, right. A supplement can't do that for you. Um, And that's what I think what Andrew Huberman and people like you, right, are trying to preach is like, you got to like, this is a lifestyle. You just can't be like, oh, I'm taking omegas. I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like it's everything. And, and like, get your behaviors right. Think about morning sunlight. Think about screen time. Think about caffeine when you think about sleep. Right. Because those things impact it, it tremendously. Um, and, you know, no supplement is going to fix that. And be careful when you use things that have melatonin in it and understand the risks and the benefits to those things. No, totally, totally agreed with with everything that you're saying there. I, I love that analogy that supplements are meant to supplement your lifestyle and your diet. They're not meant to replace it. One thing that I've kind of come around to a little bit more in recent uh, months is that sometimes for people, the supplements can be, I think, an entry point into the world of fitness and health. Getting someone to change their behaviors is is incredibly difficult, yet important, but incredibly difficult. And so if you can tell someone, hey, take this supplement, but also start doing all these things. Sometimes just the taking of it, the additional financial investment can can certainly help, but it's important to realize that it is not a replacement for sleeping well, for training properly, for seeing morning sunlight, drinking water, all the things that we've said you know, 100 million times and we'll say 100 million times more. But you can't uh, you can't replace those things. So it's very important to to know that. Yeah. I, I want to kind of dig into in, into the, some of the sleep stuff, and I think I want to start with why can't someone just you know I have two glasses of wine at night 
and it knocks me out. I go to sleep or I pop a sleeping pill or, you know, uh, smoke a joint or something like that. Why are those things not the same as taking actual supplements that support your sleep? I would encourage you to go listen to the Huberman podcast on alcohol and you might never drink again. <laughs> um, it's, it's quite fascinating, right? Th- those, yes. those are compounds as well, right? But those, uh, those compounds mess, right. Are, 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 are not what our body needs to sleep and is not how our, our body functions. They may help you get to sleep or with the feeling of sleep, mm. right. Um, but that is not the same as a high quality sleep. Like, right. When we sleep, right. is when our brain really recovers, right. We have the different phases of, uh, right. The, the, the different phases of sleep. Um, and right. Our, our brain, right we have a lymphatic system that drains while, while we sleep, which is like the toxins and get all the toxins out, et cetera. And when you inhibit that you have right with alcohol or, uh, or weed, right. It really impacts, right. Your ability and your body's natural ability to do that. I think the other important thing is like, like a sleeping pill, right? Yeah. It might knock your ass out, but what is it actually doing and how is it messing with your hormones? Right. Cause you have to remember, uh, melatonin is, is a, is a hormone, right? Our body naturally produces it. Um, right. And what are we trying to like the, are we trying to mess with our own body's production of melatonin Mm -hmm. or are we not right? Like we should be trying to let our own body use those hormones and, and provide the things that help those hormones, not supplement with those hormones. And I think those are really, really important of like melatonin is an incredible sleep aid and when used correctly over and sparingly is very, very mm-hmm. valuable, right? Like if you're trying to change time zones, melatonin, like big time zone gaps, melatonin is an incredible tool to use to help you, right? Reset your circadian rhythm and get to sleep, et cetera. But using habitually, it's very dangerous because now you're relying on a hormone ingested to do the job that your body's meant to do um, rather than, right? A lot of the compounds I mentioned, right, are are the supplements are really about how are we setting ourselves up for the best qualities, right? Not like how are we forcing ourselves to mm-hmm. sleep? It's okay. What does our body need to sleep? Like, hey, we all need, right? We need things that help us downregulate, right? Like you could do that through breath work too, and you probably should, right? But and then what does our brain need while we sleep? Right. And what is what does that say? And rather than like, let's mess with our hormone levels or let's give ourselves toxins, right, to help us sleep. So it's really quite fascinating. Like, like uh, right, great podcaster of Andrew Huberman, the Huberman Lab has some really interesting things around marijuana and and uh and alcohol to be to be quite frank and what that does from a neuroscience perspective and how it impacts it impacts your body. My my kind of like basic understanding of it, or or not basic, but a more simplistic way to kind of describe that is that you know the, the alcohol, the marijuana, and the sleeping pills they, they can be understood to work as if they're just knocking you out, yet you're not actually getting a solid sleep. And then there's a bunch of other downstream effects. But what you want to be do what you what you don't want to be doing is just being knocked out, same as someone punch you in the yeah. jaw. Like you wouldn't have a good sleep if if that's what happened. Yeah. So so you want to actually sleep properly. I think it's also very interesting now that it's becoming more mainstream, uh, probably due to due to Andrew Huberman, that melatonin is is more widespread understood to be an actual hormone, and you know we we demonize testosterone, testosterone replacement therapy as something that's like oh you shouldn't do that, like oh that guy's on TRT, like 
you know, dangerous and that he's using steroids and that is testosterone. And so that's our attitude towards that. But melatonin, like any kid can just go to the drugstore and buy a huge bottle and people take tons of it every night and that we mess up our sleep. And that's like, that's also dangerous and it can be incredibly dangerous the more you use it and the longer you use it. So understanding what it is and how it's impacting your body is is probably one of the first steps to understand like, hey, maybe there are some some better ways that we can do this. And I think the winding down goes back to the behavior change, sleeping in a dark room, uh, not having caffeine late in the day, sleeping in a cool environment. These are the things that are going to help you wind down, doing some breath work to actually shut your brain off, shut off the monkey brain, and then and then yeah. go to sleep, right? Yeah. The supplements that you mentioned, 100%. what... Uh, what do they do and how do they work and what like the how do they help with sleep the magnesium the and inositol and those yeah so i mean that's a that's a, a really great question and and i'll just um i i think it's important for me to be like hey one of my core things as a business right is that we are not the ex we are not the experts i am not the expert however um i am incredibly passionate about about this space and how how and why we've built the products that we have are really around leveraging the best experts in mm. the world. And so the information that I'm sharing and that I'm gonna that I will continue to share, right, has been right. We've built these things alongside people like Andrew Huberman and Andy Galpin and and the really smart people to make sure that right we're doing the things right. So I'll say like magnesium three and eight. Uh, right? Not all magnesiums are the same. Um, and so the first one I talked about was magnesium three and eight, right? Like, uh, and what makes magnesium three and eight, uh, it so important is it is the most effective of crossing, uh, of crossing the blood brain barrier. Right. Um, and so there is a lot of research around there that a lack of magnesium negatively impacts right? Uh, sleep, but also uh, because it crosses the blood brain barrier, it really helps you prepare for a restful night of sleep. So, right. It helps you have a better night's sleep. L-theanine um, is, is right. It is shown to promote, right? Like basically relaxation, right? This is the down regulation, right? Um, and L-theanine um, promotes relaxation, right? Facilitate sleep by, right? contributing to a handful of changes in the brain that we don't need to get into, but like, yeah. right. Relu uh, like, right. It's linked to reducing stress, right. Reducing anxiety. Right. And also has been linked to the ability to trigger alpha waves in the brain, right. Which is also associated with a state of relaxation and focus. Right. And, um, L-theanine is just like a tea leaf extract, um, as an example, then you have apigenin, which is really commonly found in chamomile or grapefruit. Um, but chamomile tea, right. As like people drink that before they sleep. So apigenin, right. It, uh, it helps bind with the brain receptors. And basically, uh, what it could do is it also can help reduce feelings of stress, promote higher quality sleep, right? Like, um, again, like this is how do you like apigenin has been shown to like help having some calming, uh, in the forebrain, right. Allowing the brain to enter more restful sleep again. Right, preparing the body for sleep, I think, is incredibly important. So you think about magnesium, right? It helps you get a restful night of sleep, right? And lack of magnesium has been shown to have a negative impact on sleep. L-theanine helps create some drowsiness, right? How do you downregulate and slow down and trigger those alpha alpha waves in the brain? And apigenin really is is this 
right? Again, who, how do we downregulate? Higher, like reduce the feelings of stress that so happen that can keep us up. So a restful state also really allows you to sleep more some um, in there. So anyways, those, those are kind of the, the three core, what I would say, sleep products. And you also have uh, inositol, which is right, really quite interesting because it has, um, it, it also has like hormone, um, hormone implications on it as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in, incredibly, incredibly cool. So you did, you did a very good job of, of breaking down the science there by, while I accidentally put you on the, <laughs> put you on the spot, but, but, you know, again, we, we, we defer to, to Andrew Huben for the, for the deep science, if anyone needs to go and yeah. you're interested in that, but know that those things are good and these things are available, uh, readily available like don't go buy the cheapest you know garbage one that you can find at the at the closest drugstore but these things are available and something to worth looking into if you struggle with sleep but uh, still your habits and your behaviors impact more than more than any of the of the supplements that are really available so never forget yes. that you know to, to who's listening uh, uh, just switching gears a little bit and, and kind of extending that your when you're an NFL athlete, obviously your life is is a certain way. You're you're flying out yes. during the city during the during the season. Rather, you're you're traveling, you're training all the time. Your your life is very controlled and structured and all that stuff. What was the transition like for you from tr- switching into regular life? Was it a hard transition for you to to stop having to? eat as much as you had to be eating to sustain your body at, at the NFL level and to train all that way? Or like, what was that transition period like for you? The transition was easy. Uh, that's uh, pretty unusual um, from that sense. Like I had an injury that really like concreted in my mind, like I'm done. Right. And, and was not going to hang on for, mm. for any longer. Um, but right. Like everything, like, Show up to the building at 6 a.m. and you're taken care of till you go home, right? right? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, weight training. Like they tell you what to do, where to be, when to go, right? Like it's a very structured life. Um, and it's right, like so community. And the locker room is a very unique place as well. Um, but also, like I was a 300, 310 pound offensive line. I'm like eating was my job. <laughs> um, and like when I say like this is like seven, eight, nine thousand calories a day, like just to maintain my body mass, not even to gain weight. And that became right. It, it was a chore. And when I retired, it was like just a huge weight lifted off my back because it was like, literally, Hey, I literally, <laughs> right. I lost, a, I lost, I trimmed very, very fast. Um, but for me, it was like, man, I can just eat like a normal human. And it was no longer like, Oh, let me take a thousand calorie shake. Let me suck this thing down. I was like, let me just like, I'll go eat normal. Um, <laughs> and it just, you know, I lost about a pound a day, which is insane. I had a yeah. few of, of such a large amount of, of right. Lean muscle mass that just ate, ate it. Once I starved my body of like 9,000 calories and you go to like 4,000 calories a day and you're just still burning, it just burns. And it's quite, uh, it's quite incredible. Um, but no, like for me, I would say like, that's why I love entrepreneurism and started this business was also to chase some of that mindset. Um, and, and I will say, uh, you know, one of the things that are so incredible, right. As an elite athlete is, is, you know, what winning and losing is and winning and losing stakes are high, 
right? And uh, right, starting your own business, running a company like Momentus, the stakes are high and doing it right is, is very important. And you're going to lose some and you're going to win some and you're going to lose some, but there's a great sense of responsibility, but also there's a lot of stress, pressure, um, accountability that sits there that is incredibly important that I love, right? I love the fact that the ball gets snapped every day. We have to make decisions. We have opportunities to be better, right? And you can get better fast, right? And it's not, right. Like that's what I killed. Like when I left, like the biggest gap was like this competitive emotional mindset that I filled with, with building a company um, and really trying to create something that's never been done before or do it better than, it, than it's ever been done before. Yeah, I I understand totally what you're saying. I played sports, obviously not nearly as a high a level as you. But when I stopped, I realized after a couple of years that what I missed wasn't the game itself. Soccer was my was my sport. I missed. I didn't miss soccer. I missed competing and being part of a team. And so you find that you find that elsewhere in in, in various other sports and business and in in your personal life in various other ways because that's the thing that really really misses. What have you taken then from your NFL experience in that team environment and tried to implement in in the business world to make it you know somewhat similar in that sense? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. From a team environment, I guess my mentality, like I, I you might have listened to some of my other podcasts, like I, I call it the ball always gets snapped, right? Mm. The, like it doesn't matter whether I'm ready or not, the ball is getting snapped when I was playing, and you got to make a decision. And you have a very small amount of time to make a decision. And that decision has to be mostly right. And if it's not, there are big consequences. But guess what? You got to go put your hand down on the ground again, probably in 20 seconds, and the ball gets snapped again. And so you got to have a very short memory, right, of winning and losing. Um, uh, And you have to be able to react and and put the pieces together at the same time. Like, well, this happened this time, that happened that. You know, like, it's, it's it's this constant game. And it's not linear. And it's not vertical, right? Mm. Always, right? It's backwards. It's right. It's left. It's up. It's down. It's right. And that's all part of the journey. And I compare it to like a season, right? Like one play, you can win or lose. One decision, you can win or lose. You got to win more than you lose, right? But it can't win them all. And the failure to like, if if you aren't in the game, if the ball does, if, if you don't have, like, if you're not in a place where the ball gets snapped, then it, it's a loss. Like you're not even playing. Mm. You're not in the game. So it doesn't matter, right? So you have to be in the game. The ball always gets snapped. You have to win more than you can lose, right? And if you win more on any given week or any given month than you lose, like that's like winning a game, right? And then, you know, you stack up a couple months. You might have a bad month. You might have a good month, right? And then like, okay, now you got a season. Now you got a franchise. Now you got it, right? Like it's like this buildup. But if you're not, if the ball's not getting snapped, air quotes in business, then you're not playing the game, right? If you're not making decisions and you're not potentially losing those, right? Things or making mistakes, man, you're in trouble. But the really, really good ones get beat often, right? And that's okay, but they always go back and they always get ready for the ball to be snapping and they always ready for the next one. And because they know, right? the best in the world. No, like, all right, I'm going to win this next one. And I'm going to use this history of all of these decisions I've made to make a better decision now. Right. But if I just got beat really bad, doesn't matter. I still got to show up this play because nobody cares about that play anymore. Mm. We're on this play. And if I win this play, amazing. And I win the next play, 
who cares, right? Like it is, it is the journey. So anyways, that's my one big thing I've taken from, from sport. Um, and also just like, um, energy, like passion, like I love what I do. I love the space like you do, Daniel, and it's incredibly valuable and important to me, um, to be in that and, and make sure that like, we're not just trying to build a company. Like we're trying to do it better than it's been done before and trying to differentiate, disrupt, work with the best people, share the best information. Um, so really, really important. No, I, I absolutely love that analogy. That's fantastic. The ball always gets snapped. That's one that I'm for sure going to gonna remember and, and take with me. I guess playing off that, is it something or do you very consciously try to make decisions quickly even today? Of course, there's some business decisions, decisions that require a team and a room and a, you know, a little bit longer thought, but do you try and make decisions quickly and, and move on and then just win the next decision? Yeah. I mean, there's always those types of things and you always got to be moving forward. Sometimes like it's a really long play, right? <laughs> takes time. But once you have the information, like it's a yes or no, it's a, here we go. And it doesn't always go your way. Like you get punched in the face a lot and that's okay. Um, but yeah, like you got like, there's, 150 decisions that have to be done every single day and those little things or right like right like the accumulation of those plays add up to a game um and you know like this right like i will call right like what we're doing here like this podcast is a play right did i win or did i lose it right because it has implications down the road like if i came showed up poorly etc like i didn't win it right that's a loss and i need to go figure it out but guess what i have a call in 20 minutes that I have to get ready for again, right? And who's that with? Maybe an investor, maybe a board member, maybe right an employee, right? I got to show up and win that, right? And maybe I lose it, but that's okay, right? Because I got another one that's coming up. And right. so it's like every little thing that you do, every action is a game. You can win or lose it. It's not like just always making a decision, right? And so, yes, you got to make a ton of decisions, but you got to show up on everything that you do with the mentality that I'm going to win. What does a win look like? Um, changes, right? A win might be making a decision. A win might be showing up with high energy and sharing what makes us special like this. Um, and that's, yeah. Anyways, I, like, thank you. I, I'm obviously incredibly passionate about that and like yeah. what relates from sports. Oh, I, I, I absolutely love it, yeah. Jeff. I, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And I love, obviously I'm a fan of sports and a, and a fan of, uh, you know, fitness and health and all the things. And so I love when, when the things blend and, and, part of the reason I started this entire podcast from the beginning was I know that there are so many lessons that I've learned in my own personal life from sport and from the gym and my own workouts. And now it's become, you know, my, my job is also fitness. So it's a little bit of an easier connection, but I think that there's something that we can all take and lessons that we learn from the gym and from sport that are applicable to all aspects of life. And so blending those is, you know, your company is a perfect example of that as well as many, many other things. Thank we'll you. start to wind it down here, Jeff. But uh, one one kind of question that I have that's uh, been been at me is like, this is not a very deep question. But you know, you used to eat so much, and now you eat like a normal person. Can you can you still throw back some food, or, or are those days gone? Oh, I'm the best eater around. People, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a. Uh, I'm really good at eating still. Um, I'm uh, I'm not. I, I don't consider myself big. Most people consider me big because I'm still like a large human. Um, but I'm like, ah, I'm a big, like, I'm, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an, I'm an endurance athlete, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe double an endurance athlete, but like, uh, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a very good eater and I eat, fast, yeah. right. Like everybody's like, how do you eat so fast? I was like, 
It's just what you do. When you when you got to eat a meal, be, when you have a 10 minute break between meetings, you just eat, yeah. right? You know, like it was my job. It was like, okay, like, <laughs> let's just get this thing over. Um, and it's, uh, it's yeah, quite comical. My wife gives me a hard time and most people on the, in the company are, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like you go out to dinner with Jeff and Jeff's done in three minutes and everybody else is done in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I, I'm also good at talking as people can tell. And so I'm just always the one like I eat, talk. Um, so yeah. Uh, and I love to eat too. Like I, I, um, I love good food. Like I'm not a fancy food, but I like, like, I like food. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think it's, I think it's a good skill to have to be able to, to be able to throw down some food and, and I'm sure people somewhat like kind of expected of you as well. So, but, uh, you know, just, I, I think on the health side of it, and we don't need to talk about this anymore, but like just, uh, I would imagine there'll also be some gut health issues just from eating that much for so long. And I'm happy that you don't really have that. And you're still able to eat. Yeah. That's, that's kind of more where my head was going on the health side of things, but I'm happy that, you know, you can, you're still able physically to do it. I think from a gut health perspective, I got super lucky. Um, but also like I took so many damn anti-inflammatories and like <laughs> prescription anti-inflammatories that I'm surprised. Like I don't have holes in my gut. Like right. I just must have the health, like my gut must've came out as thick as you could possibly get based <laughs> upon, you know, based upon that. So yeah, it's ex- been extremely lucky around, around those things. Yeah. Maybe not as lucky in other injuries, but at least, at least that's the, that's the yeah. one that you got good. Yeah. Jeff, uh, where can people find uh, Momentus? What's all the contact information? And and it's available. Your products are available worldwide. Is that correct? Yep, we ship. Uh, we ship internationally. Um, uh, our company website is livemomentus.com. Um, it's uh, Momentus T O U S um, on there. I mean, Google will find us. Uh, they're pretty. We're pretty good at that. And then we're at Live Momentus on on social media and things. Awesome. I'll, I'll throw those things in the show notes as well, but momentous spelled with an O-U-S for me and my yeah. fellow Canadians. That's normal spelling for uh, my I don't. American I think friends. it's normal. <laughs> I think it's normal spelling, um, but I also like, I don't know. I know a lot of people that can't spell because yeah. they're offensive linemen. So. <laughs> you, you said that, not me, but yeah. uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, Jeff. Is there any, is there any um, message that you want to leave the people with here in closing? No, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, Anything you do around high performance, right, or optimization starts with lifestyle and behavior, right? I truly firmly believe that. And then when you think, and, and you need to start prioritizing what's the most important for you, right? Like if you do everything at once, it's going to fail, right? What makes people really successful at the top is bone crushing consistency around the most important things, right? And they don't add something new until they're bone crushing consistent with that, right? Like you don't need to start taking 50 supplements or maybe even three to start. Like you might just start with one or none and say, this is my behavior. This is how I'm going to change. And then you add something, right? And you see how that, and you add something, but they need to be relevant to what your goals are. For me, right? We know what they are, right? Connective tissue health and cognitive function. Um, And that means I'm going to do everything I can for that because I know the impact they could have on me. Challenge everybody to do that same thing. Like what's really important in your life when you think optimizing, what do I want to optimize? And then go deep down that with behaviors, lifestyles, and products, supplements, whatever they are. Beautiful. Beautiful message, Jeff. I, I don't think we need to add anything more to that. I think that's a great place to, to leave this. Thank you very much again. And uh, I'm happy that we got through this the, finally without any <laughs> any further issues. But uh, to everyone listening, check out Momentus, Google it. You'll find it. Links in the show notes. 
um, at Daniel yours on Instagram as well. Follow the show and, uh, you know, like share, subscribe, all of those things helps just spread the message and get good quality products and information out there. Uh, I'll also link to the Huberman podcast in the show notes that we, that we reference for a lot more in-depth stuff. If anyone's looking for that. Um, and that's all Jeff. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Everybody go outside. Be a good person. We'll chat soon.